Thanks to you and your hacking and smogging and glupping, they can't live here anymore. So I'm sending them off. Hopefully they'll be able to find a better place out there somewhere. Melvin? Melvin? Hey, Pipsqueak. Hey. Life begins loud. If you think about it, from the moment we are born, we are checked to see if we will cry, if we can cry. And that's the signal that everything is okay. If we are loud, that means life is okay. And then we experience, almost for the rest of our lives, we are told to be quiet. Whether it's at dinner time, whether it's school, certainly at church, we've all heard those words, be quiet quiet. As creation, as we remember from the story of Genesis, God looks upon creation and calls all of it good, looks at humanity and calls it very good. And then at some point, something may happen which causes us to feel not good, which may cause us to feel shame. We may discover something or someone points that something out to us and it feels like a mark. And so we become quiet. We become quiet. We try to become invisible so that we do not draw attention to ourselves. But part of the transformation, the kind of transformation that Jesus talks about in his ministry is to step out of that shame, out of that invisibility, out of that quiet, and go back to who we were supposed to be all along. As Wesley says, as he began the Methodist movement, the divine image, that original image of God that God calls good. The boy in the Lorax begins to understand this as he hears the Wensler story. The story about a young man who comes upon this beautiful land who thinks he has the whole world figured out. And if he just takes a little bit of this beauty, he will be able to make it into something even better, into something that everyone wants, that everyone needs. Taking pieces of creation and turning it into something else. 
And the more the onceler does this, the more he desecrates the world around it, the more he turns it into something that it is not supposed to be, that it was not intended to be, until finally he is left with nothing. Nothing but that word, unless. For years I've sat here, the onceler tells the boy, regretting everything I have done and looking at that word, unless, and wondering what it meant. But now that you're here, the word of the Lorax seems perfectly clear. Unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. And then the onceler drops something down to the boy. And the boy looks at it and he sees that it is the last truffula seed. But this is a boy who has grown up in a world of plastics and synthetics. In his time in the movie, the richest man in town, kind of a onceler himself, has gained his wealth and his popularity by essentially inventing fake oxygen. No one cares about trees anymore, the boy tells the onceler. Then make them care, the onceler responds. Plant the seed in the middle of town and change the way things are. I know this may seem small and insignificant, he says, but it's not about what it is. It is about what it can become. This is not just a seed any more than you are just a child. Jesus proclaims the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes like a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. God calls us to grow past our fears, our shame and our regrets but god not only calls us to do this god helps us to be able to grow past our shame past our regrets past our fears those things which make us quiet and invisible and god helps us to grow back into that original that divine image of who we were meant supposed who we were meant to be which is full of life and in that process, in that process of transformation, as we see and re-see ourselves, we also see that it actually goes beyond us. It goes beyond us back to God so that our praise and our devotion, the whole reason that we worship, is about lifting God up. This other passage from Luke, we typically reserve for Palm Sunday. You know, it's the passage where Jesus comes in, everybody's waving their palms, their forms of creation, and, and Jesus comes in and talks about how important it is for us to shout. When he was approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, 
order your disciples to stop. Order them to be quiet. Jesus answered, I tell you, if they were silent, the stones, the stones themselves would shout out. Be quiet, the world tells us. Be quiet in those times when we want to care for creation. Be quiet in those times where we point out injustice. Be quiet when you're trying so loudly to love each other and to embody goodness toward other people. Even be quiet when you're trying to care for yourself. The world may tell us to be quiet, but the reality that we all know is that we who are part of the world, the world needs loudness. The world needs celebration. The world needs song. The world needs life. We've probably heard this question. I know as a pastor, I've certainly heard it. What does the church need to do to change? That might be part of the question, but maybe the other part of the question is, what does the church need to do to grow? And when I say grow, I don't mean numbers. Life is what people are attracted to. How do we get how do we get more people, we might say, as a church? How do we bring them in? How do we attract them? People are attracted to life. Life brings life. We likely know what it feels to be almost lifeless. And maybe we have not experienced that any more than we have these last two years for one reason or another. But we certainly know what it means to sort of wander aimlessly almost lifelessly, to not necessarily know, understand what our meaning, what our purpose is. Why are we here? What is the point? What can I contribute? How can I be a part of life? And no one is invulnerable to it. Sometimes it can be in that realization, in fact, even in that confession, that we do not have it all together, that we are able to step out of that lifelessness and recognize the seed that has already been planted within us. In fact, that seed that has already been there. The seed that tells us we do not have to stay where we are. God moves us forward. And when we realize that seed has been planted, then we have the decision of whether or not we nourish it. Whether we give it water. Whether we give it light whether we tend to it, whether we're willing to to put our hands in the soil that is our divine humanity and nourish that life so that it can grow. Because that life then attracts others who are looking for the exact same thing, who are looking for meaning, who are looking for purpose, who are looking for identity, who are looking for that place to belong and know that they matter as well. It allows us to see those opportunities to share the good news, to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, and to realize that the kingdom of God is all about letting it grow. Tell them what you think. You don't know me, but my name's Sai. I'm just the O'Hare delivery guy. But it seems like trees might be worth a try. So I say, let it grow. My name is Dan. And my name's Rose. Our son Wesley kind of glows. 
And that's not good, so we suppose we should let it grow. Let it grow, let it grow. You can't reap what you don't sow. Plant a seed inside the earth, just one way to know it's worth. Let's celebrate the world's rebirth. We say let it grow. My name's Mary, and I am three. I would really like to see a tree. La, 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 la. This isn't just about creation care, because we all know the things that we can do to help our world, to help this planet. Use less water. Pastor David, in his sermon, talks about how for the last 30 years um, with the church that he served, he stopped uh, running water while he brushed his teeth. Statistically, you save about three to four gallons uh, a day doing that, almost a thousand gallons a year. And so how does that up? How does that add up when just one person does it? But then how does that add up when an entire congregation does that? We can use more natural light. We can recycle. We can drive around less. Maybe even let some patches in our lawn grow a little bit to those things that we call weeds. Maybe actually attracts some of that natural life uh, that is abundant in Florida if we just allow it to be. During COVID, our family began raising monarch butterflies. We also planted a wild lime bush, and we've discovered that there are now, I think it's five giant uh, swallowtail uh, caterpillars that will eventually turn into giant, uh, giant moths. It's just a little thing. But think how all of us together could welcome back that life into our communities. When we do these things together, that is how the kingdom of God grows from this tiny little mustard seed of possibility to a gigantic tree that supports and sustains and invites life. And it's not that it won't happen. Because if the church does not do this, then something else will. If we don't do it, the stones themselves will cry out in celebration in praise, in joy, in life. The world will hear of God's love 
God's justice, God's mercy, God's forgiveness, God's transformation. It will grow. God has given us that seed. We just have to decide if we want to be a part of the growth of life, the growth of the kingdom of heaven. Do we want to nourish that seed that has been planted within us? Because if we do, we can also rest in the good news that it is never, it is never too late. done good being Paul you're done good <laughs> by the way nice mustache Redemption is real. Second chances happen. Those opportunities to hear that voice say, you've done good. But even more than that, you are good. That is the life that all of us crave. To know that we are good and that we are capable of great things. So as we wrap up this series, um, I don't necessarily have truffula seeds to give out, but I, I will say, um, if you would like to take a truffula tree, is this okay, Megan? Okay. She, she was the, her team was the one who made this, so I didn't ask permission first, but I will say, um, for our families, uh, if you would like to take a tree with you, uh, please feel free to do so. So again, our, our vibe team, uh, created the trees and our children's team created the, the petals. So um, if you would like to take one uh, for our kids who are here, our families with kids, um, please feel free to take these with you. Just as a reminder of that divine image of creation, that it may seem like a small little thing, but it can really grow into something great, especially when we all come together for the goodness of the kingdom of God. So may that be a reminder. May all of us continue to be a reminder to each other that God's greatness is in all of us and we can grow together in God's kingdom. May we go in peace. Amen.